1: Listen to that. Nothing beats of vinyl.
2: Some technology just stands the test of time. Our technology not only brings the cool, it also brings the heat. At Mitsubishi Electric, we've been mastering and innovating heat pump technology since 1970. EcoDan, continued innovation in heating for home and business. Mitsubishi Electric, changes for the better. or what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And today we're going to be continuing with part two of Eye on You couple quick announcements. As always, I want to say thank you to you lifers out there for sharing us and, and liking us and subscribing and making us grow and telling you people about it. It's just love, love, love. And to our Patreon members, thank you, thank you, thank you. And and uh, for your financial support of the show, it really makes us go. And thank you for those of you patron members who have taken advantage of the yearly discount y'all if you sign up and you pay for the year ahead of time on whatever level it is you get two months free and you get all your benefits up front so no waiting three months to get your shirt or your coffee mug or whatever it may be or your phone call with me uh another thing y'all i got on discord this week i didn't I had a great lifer, Nathan Pontier, um, was able to walk us through it. But if you don't know what Discord is, it's an app. in Patreon members uh, open container and above. I've been getting on there. I was able to go live uh, with some of them. But I think it only takes like 25 people live at a time. But I'm able to be, get on there and message board and direct the message back and forth and uh, do some audio stuff. Really cool check it out. You never know when I'm going to pop on there. I'm trying, trying to get on there every day. That being said, you can stay tuned for the rest of the announcements after the show. And y'all, I got to go to Alabama this week and hunt with Mr. Tommy Wilcox of Tommy Wilcox Outdoors at the Cameron Quail Preserve. I got to take my son to L.A., and Tommy Wilcox is a huge lifer, and he blessed us with the trip, and it was outstanding. He's a, I don't know how many time all uh, SEC defensive back. He played on a coach, Paul Bear Bryant in Alabama. He's in Alabama Hall of Fame, and his show's been on TV for like 18 or 20 years. So I, they filmed me hunting um, at the Cameron Quail Preserve, and thank you to Mr. John out there. What a great people first class world class operation i can tell you that and so i posted some pictures on the social media that his photographer took but we also have had cameramen following us around and we did a a, a live television show so i'll let y'all know when that comes out so you can check it out it's it's uh very well done and just the best people in the world so thank you fellas i appreciate y'all all right so back to eye on you when i left you last time the body had been recovered or what was left of it, right? And taken to the crime lab. And Dr. Mary Mannheim had taken possession of the body. And I'll come back to that in a second. But I w- let's go back to the scene. I forgot to tell you the I told you that East Fleet Shannon Parish Sheriff's Office had two detectives at the time. One was Don Mackey, who I talked about extensively. But I forgot to tell you about my buddy. Joel Odom. He was the second detective on scene and Don's partner at the East Feliciana Parish Sheriff's Office. Now Joel was—I think Joel was one year younger than me. We went to the same school. He was—he was a grade behind me. He started with East Feliciana Parish Sheriff's Office. He worked his way up. He's a big, tall guy. Now I'm—I'm I'm like 6'2". He must be six four, six five. Tall, very, very intelligent, and he had just made detective just a couple months before this murder happened. So I think this was probably his first uh, big case like that. But I called him yesterday and got more insight on the case. And uh, Joel now is head of like all investigators for the Department of Corrections. He's a colonel out of uh, headquarters in Baton Rouge for the Louisiana Department of Corrections. Uh, so he, he's been an investigator all these years, and he only has a couple to he can retire with his 30. So congratulations on that, Joel. It was great talking to you. But let me tell you what he told me. And he said that when they were out there on that scene and um, he went up to the truck, it was absolutely as bad as I said it was, but probably worse. He said, would it look like a bomb had gone off inside the truck? And he said, if you didn't know better, you would think the whole inside of the truck had been burned because of that film of nastiness that was all over it, he said, but it wasn't. He said it was straight up guts. And he said the maggots were like nothing he had ever seen. Uh, he said it was just horrible. But Don, you know, he, Joel got on the scene. He said he looked at it. He went to the truck Looked at it. He talked to Don. And then while they were on scene, family members of the victim started showing up and then the I mean small town, right? The 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 country hotline, if you will, the word spread like crazy and the the victim was identified tentatively by the people there because they knew he had been missing. Some of his family members were there um as Emil Anthony Jackson. All right. So Emil Anthony Jackson is who they were saying it's whose truck it was and of course don had run the plate and that's what it came back to and it came back to like i told you before a missing person out of baton ridge and he had been reported missing by his girlfriend okay yes he was a known dope dealer and and but that doesn't give somebody a reason to kill you But while they were on scene, Joel said he interviewed, like, I don't know, five different people that all said who the shooter was. And he said, well, you wouldn't believe, but they were telling me. And he said, but each one of them, independent of of one another, told me that Bird, a.k.a. Joseph Flowers, Jr., Bird, uh, of course, Bird's. His, his street name, so I guess it'd be Joseph Flower Junior, aka Bird. But he said, "What they were telling me, shit, you wouldn't believe." And he said, "Each one of them, and y'all don't say, I don't say the n word, but each one of them, independent of each other, said that Bird said at different points since it happened to them that Bird said that he blew a n words head off and stole his cocaine." Let's back up to it. Bird is also the one who, on the night that Emil Anthony Jackson went missing, Bird's the one who called him. That, that late night phone call that Jackson's girlfriend said wasn't unusual because he was a dope dealer, but he just didn't come home, right? And he said that phone call came back to Bird. Bird is the one who made it. And so it's getting shit hot, but it gets even better. Bird's ex-girlfriend lived in Jackson. Okay. Now remember, I told you Jackson is a small town. And then this murder was like a mile above the town off of highway 10. Said Bird shows up at her door. Like in the early, early morning hours, banging on the door and she opens it and it's bird. So he's got no shirt on. His pants are filthy. His hair, he had cornrows in his hair and it was full of grass and he was all sweaty and nasty. And he was like, I I need a ride to Baton Rouge, I need a ride to Baton Rouge. And she's like, I ain't got no way to get you to Baton Rouge. He's like, Well, let me use your phone. I need to call somebody to get a ride to Baton Rouge. And she asks, her, well, what's the deal? And then he said, oh, no, no, nothing, just me and my boys uh, uh, running from the police. So he didn't tell her directly, but then he starts making phone calls from there, and she overhears him tell whoever it was she got on the phone, which they later uh, were able to verify this because they tr- tr- they traced the number. But he told the person on the phone, he said, I just shot a in in the head and took his cocaine. So... The Joel was on the scene. He said all these different people were giving the information, so they pretty much, you know, knew they had a huge jumping point. But they went in and and they followed it up. They talked to all the people. They get them in. They interview them. They get all these different statements. And you know, I'll never, ever, ever understand why in the fuck once you keep your mouth shut if you killed somebody, okay? and this guy had diarrhea of the mouth. He wouldn't shut up. He told everybody, and he ends up getting a ride from a guy from Clinton, which i like, what, 10 miles down the road, ends up coming and picking him up, taking him back to Baton Rouge, and he just won't well, shut up. He's telling everybody, and uh, um, you know, it was like, I I need my boys to get me some money together because I shot him in the head. And stole his cocaine and I need you know need to get out of town. Well, come on, man. I mean, you're you're a robbing dope de- dealing punk ass thief. It's not like your homie's gonna have, you know, a million dollars for you to go hide out in the Caribbean, right? But he tells everybody and he can't shut up. So Joel and Don go to the crime lab, and Joel told me he said, Woody, it was so Bad, and he said, did exactly what Don had said about following the thing down the interstate. He's like, Holy smack, man! He said, You could smell it then. He said, But the when they were in the crime lab in the uh the bins where they processed the vehicles, he said, Man, and and he said, When they actually had to get the shovels to shovel it out, it was just you know. He said it's just he had to throw away his clothes. That's how bad it was. He said it stunk so bad it didn't just stink. It just permeated your clothes, penetrated your clothes, and and everything. He said when they left there, he said I took a shower for like an hour and I couldn't get the damn smell off of him. He said he get the juices on him. He's talking about the smell. And he said, and it penetrated my clothes. I had to burn that shit and throw it away. He said that's how bad it was. But it, you know, really wasn't a body left. It was a maggot soup, and just yeah. At the time, certainly the the worst he had ever worked, the worst he had ever seen. So they start digging into it, and they find out that about five days, I think it was, after uh, Jackson disappeared, that. Jackson's crew. Now Jackson's is a cocaine dealer, right? The, the and they found out where that last phone call came from. And two carloads of his friends and family, or associates, whatever you want to call them, go to the residence, and they accuse Bird of of knowing about where Jackson was and all that. And it was, you know, it obviously it was it was a disturbance deal in the hood and the cops got called on and everything else. Well, you know what? I'd have done the same thing if I if I know that you are and now look, Bird has a history, carjacking and, and guns and, and, and cocaines, right? So and yeah, I'm a ride over it. And I mean the police aren't doing anything. Well you, first of all, they don't have a body. There's nothing to work yet. And but they went over there and and, and there was a report made of it. And guess who was there? Bird was there, so going into it, it came back that and I don't know if I told you this last week or not. That Mary Man Doctor Manheim said that uh, upon examination of skull, she x-rayed it and there were a bunch of bullet fragments inside the skull where the the metal bullet had disintegrated, but it went in one side of the temple and out the other, um, so it went through and basically blew up inside, but it still had enough force where for that bullet came out. I told you about that was in the truck. And so that definitely was what killed him. What did they do? They go to State District Judge George H. Ware Jr. Now let me tell you about him real quick. The, uh, it was Judge Howe, is what we called him. And Judge Howe became district attorney when my grandfather retired. Judge, Judge Halbuck ran and won the the election for district attorney for East and West Feliciana. What's funny about that is his son and I were best friends, and we were kind of I know, we won't say the wild childs and the troublemakers, and we, but we always were the ones who seemed to end up in trouble in the small towns. So everybody knew who we were, but then he was DA for, I don't know, numerous years in, in and then he became the judge. But they went to the judge, and they, you know, preponderance of evidence, all of the statements and everything else, and Bird telling everybody that that he had shot a, and his words, y'all. I mean, so in all the, all the things, I mean, he said the N-word, not me. and yeah, But that's what he told everybody. I shot him in the head in, in various different ways. But shot him in the head. He told one person that he clubbed him, with the pistol, then shot him and stole his cocaine. So but they went and got a warrant for first-degree murder by Bird for the, the first-degree murder of Emil Anthony Jackson. And that was on May the 21st, just a couple of days, just a couple of days after the body was discovered on that property. Now, that's good police work, right? So well, what do you do at this point? Well, Bird's dumb. Uh, and he has diarrhea of the mouth but he's not dumb dumb I mean he's not coming to East Louisiana Parish so they take that warrant and they entered it into the NCIC computer and that's the National Crime Information Center computer uh, so that Joseph Flowers Jr., a.k.a. Bird, anywhere he gets stopped or somebody happens to run his driver's license. It's
0: springtime, boys.
2: The grass is green, the
0: birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation.
3: day sayonara. sayonara shout out to AstroPro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples my allergies are throwing my whole morning off do i sound different to you,
2: <laughs> I love that. you sound like
3: <laughs> it's that time of year there bro i sound different to me i feel like i'm in a submarine yeah well have you tried AstroPro?
2: it's faster bro oh. right astro Pro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray
3: Com. It's faster, bro. Uses directive for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Ask the pro and go. Or whatever. It's going to
2: come back with an alert uh, wanted for first-degree murder out of East Feliciana Parish. Now, Bird. during this time, now they, they certainly just didn't give up looking on him. Joel, Joel said they were looking for him, but they were kind of behind him. bird was hopping from house to house and staying at different places. He's laying low. But I, I wonder what goes to a person's mindset like that. I mean, you can't outrun the fucking warrant, y'all. That's what I always used to say if somebody got away from me and I knew who they were and I got a warrant for them. I didn't care because you can run as long as you want to, but that warrant will catch up with you sooner or later. And it happened. Uh, as it always does but shit it was over a month uh June 20 I think it was July 1st birds riding through uh, the hood in Baton Rouge and get stopped for a freaking traffic violation and they get him out and they find him in possession of a pistol with the serial number filed off of it and some dope Okay, well, your first problem is, that's Louisiana by Statute 1495E, carrying a firearm with illegal narcotics. I mean, that's a great charge. I mean, it, uh, um, I mean, you, you're going to get time for that. But then you add in the the facing of the serial number. Well, shit, you, you're putting in a federal charge right there. That's Project Exile, uh, you know, the alternate of the gun. That's another five years federal. And But that's not... But, they 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 didn't know what they had at first, right? They they stop him, uh, get consent to search. That's the other thing. If I got shit in my car, I'm not letting you search. You gonna have to get a search warrant, right? Well, he lets them search, and they find the firearm, they find the dope, then they were able to get his ID, and they run him, and beep 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 beep, comes back, wanted first degree murder, East Feliciana Parish. Well, Joel Odom. And Don Mackey get paged out, because remember back then, most of us didn't have cell phones. And they get paged that the guy's in custody. So they load up, haul ass the 45 minutes to Baton Rouge. Now, Baton Rouge City, if you get arrested by the Baton Rouge City Police, you may go to one of their substations to start getting processed. But ultimately, you still have to be booked into the East Baton Rouge Parish Jail, which is run by the sheriff. And so that's it's over by the airport in Baton Rouge, so they go to they go there, and once he's done being processed in, they take Bird and they bring him back to Clinton to the sheriff's office. Now the sheriff's office in Clinton has two, you can't really even call them offices. It has two offices, if you will. One is the old time. Uh, it's a little bitty red brick building that sits outside the courthouse uh, on Courthouse Square, and I think that they use that more for administrative stuff, And in, but it's been there forever. I mean, since way before I was born and my grandfather and them were judges and stuff, I mean, but that's still the oldest functioning courthouse in the state of Louisiana. So it's been there forever, but they, they didn't take them there. They took them to what we call the parish prison or parish jail, and that's where the, the detectives offices if you can call it that word. Now remember I told you the East Flushanna was a very poor parish tax wise and, and so their tax base was so low they just didn't have the money. And, I mean, you know, they 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 drove the, the shittiest units and they had the worst equipment and I mean like I think the the Texas uniforms were like jeans and, and a shirt that said uh sheriff's detective, you know, and and your firearm where we had to wear, like, coat, coats and ties every day. But they bring them in. It's a the complex. You pull up to it. It's when, when you first come into Clinton on on Plank Road or Highway 67, it is you take a left right when you get on the edge of town into this long drive, and it passes the one facility that I, they actually get some taxes off of. But it goes back to where the ball fields are, where I used to play baseball when I was a boy. And they built that that prison now you pull up to it it's a nondescript kind of metalish looking build on the outside gravel parking lot you walk in there's a little bitty outer area and you have to get buzzed through and you go into the detective's office it's really like a, just a little room with a couple of desks uh, and brick walls you know the cheapest construction that you can get and the uh they bring him in it in and they sit him down Mackey advised him of his rights, and, and he said that he understood and that he would answer questions. He agreed to it. Again, prisons are full of dummies. I don't get it. I mean, if you got me first to murder, it, you better call my lawyer because I'm not saying shit, but this guy's already told God and everybody. So they asked him to talk, and Joel said shit. He said, yeah, I'll talk, and and he said on that night that he called Jackson, the victim. He called the victim in in to buy some cocaine from him. He said he had bought cocaine from him before, and when when the victim shows up to sell him the cocaine, all of a sudden this boogeyman, JJ J. McManus, jumps out of the bushes. And puts a gun to the victim's head and made him slide over. Now, this is Bird saying this made the victim slide into the middle. And Bird said he got in on the passenger side. So they had the victim sandwiched in between them. But then Bird says that McManus gave him the pistol and he held the pistol on the victim all the way to Jackson. Hell, that's a 45-minute ride, y'all. And and so he's admitting, that, uh, evidently he didn't get his law degree. He's admitting that he took part in the kidnapping and armed robbery of the victim. Well, guess what? In the Louisiana law, if you took part in it, uh, of the killing his first degree or whatever degree it is, you admit you took part in it, motherfucker, you're just as guilty as a person who pulled the trigger, but Bird's telling him this, he said, and they drove, the, you know, the forty-five minutes up there, and then they parked out there in the sticks, and he said that McManus took the victim's cocaine, and that he took the gun back from Bird, and that McManus is the one who shot him in the head, and that they left. And uh, they ran their own separate ways, right? How fucking stupid is that? I mean, okay, so you just totally put yourself, again, on the kidnapping. You were there for the armed robbery. Even if you didn't take the cocaine, you're just as guilty. And you're saying uh, McManus pulled the trigger. And, you know, guess what, dummy? You're just as guilty no matter what. So it's just crazy. I mean, he he admits to it. He, I mean, he just. But the, the, everything in the story fit. Everything that the, the good detective work that they had done fits to the T, except for JJ McManus is is Bird's scapegoat. Bird set is the only one that puts McManus on the scene as the trigger man or even involved, period. He's never told all the other people. He said, I shot that in, and, you know, I, I hit him in the head, and I shot that in, and I took his, took his uh, dope. Everything he said, and you know, it's showing up at his ex-girlfriend's house all dirty without his shirt. Remember, y'all, the shirt was in the damn, in the truck, and he tried to light it on fire because I guess he, you know, saw it on the movies so at some point. You can put a T-shirt in a, in a and a gas tank and light it on fire, well, guess what? That shit doesn't work. They have the fences for that. Everything fit except for McManus. And so, but guess what? You can't pick and choose as an investigator which part of the story or the confession that you want to believe. And, yes, that sucks because, I mean, if you don't follow up on McManus, then... Byrd's defense attorney, when he finally gets one, is going to blame everything on, on McManus. First of all, he's going to try to suppress Byrd's confession and say that Joel and Don beat it out of him or twisted it out of him or whatever. I mean, it's a free shot for him. But it, ultimately, he's going to blame everything on, on McManus. So what do they do? They go, and they have to find McManus now. McManus is no uh, no virgin, okay, and, and he's no stranger to the game either. Um, and so they they end up finding him ultimately and after some. They they had to get first of all they had to get a warrant. Uh, they had to get a warrant for McManus, all right. And, and again, it's a warrant, y'all. It's probable cause. This is fifty percent plus one more murders are solved after the arrests are made than than have ever been solved any other way. But they have the information now from Bird. he's under arrest, he's asking to get out, but he's sticking McManus there. Now you can't just ignore that and say, well, we don't believe you because you told all this other people stuff and his name's never come up now, you have to go investigate it. But so what do they do? They get a warrant for him and guess what happens? Uh, uh, sometime later because, I mean, he's 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 a street man himself and, and he's in the game. Uh, I mean, they, they can't get him right away. But at some point, Baton Rouge City Police stop McManus in a vehicle and run his shit. And guess what happens? BBB wanted first-degree murder out of East Feliciana Parish. So I guess Baton Rouge City was thinking, you know, shit, they, that's, that's all we get from East Luciano Parishes murders up here, right? But they bring McManus in, and he, of course, denied it. Now, he said that he and Byrd used to run together, and uh, they were tight, he said, but they had a falling out over money, and that he was not with... Bird that night and hadn't been with Bird. And in fact, that Bird said he was going to get him in and he, was, he would show him. So I guess Bird thought he would show him by tying his ass up involved and putting him as the shooter in a murder, which didn't do anything. It still puts him there. He admitted it that he was there. And they were able to, through investigation, to prove that McManus didn't have dick to do with it. I mean, he wasn't even, he had the alibi, he had everything. He wasn't even anywhere near what happened, okay? So, ultimately, the chart hit, I mean, he had still, he, the, he had to be booked. They had to go back down to the East Baton Rouge Parish prison and pick him up and take him down, book him in the East Feliciana Parish prison and all that shit, and, and I mean, it's a process. Sucks for him. But it is what it is, and it has to be worked. Like I said, you can't pick and choose which part you want to believe. You have to investigate it, and they did a fine job on it. Now, how much cocaine they got, I'm not sure. The, 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 they weren't exact on it. It, it, I mean, it wasn't like it was kilos or anything, y'all. It was it was a believable amount that bird would have bought from the victim before. But the the funny thing was, this, not funny, but when they um, were processing the body, they found cash, like almost uh, like 300 some, uh, bucks cash on the victim. So, I mean, this dumbass shoots him in the head, steals his cocaine, doesn't even check his pockets, he's got another 300 bucks. But the totality of the circumstances being him showing up at his girlfriend's in no shirt and her over here, ex girlfriend. Her overhearing him, uh, he's, he's the one that made the phone call to the victim's phone. All the people that he had diarrhea of the mouth to, and, and the, it's a lot of it. I mean, I could do it, but it was me it an hour and a half episode, read you each one, and all these different people put it together. And of course, it's a good detective art, but they put it together, and it is what it is. So, what happens now? Well. Judge Howe, or the Honorable George H. Ware, is now retired, by the way, and, and it, I mean, he's tough. Now, you remember, he's a former prosecutor, and he was tough when he was a prosecutor, and he damn sure was tough when he's a judge, and he, and he ain't going to play. And it certainly doesn't take lightly to the first-degree murder of anyone, but he's fair. So... Bird gets all his bullshit, legal maneuvers, and they like did what I said, they you know have to have the motions suppress and they have the the statements and then you know they challenge everything and call the detectives everything but a child of God and and all that. Just like I've told you on past episodes, it is a free shot for the defense attorneys to try to get their guy off. First of all, they find out everything in the probable cause hearings, well, actually the, it would have gone to the grand jury even after the arrest. In the motion to suppress hearing, they find out everything that Don Mackey and Joel Odom had, including all the people who told on Bird. Well, byrd has got some street cred, and that I don't, I can't confirm this one way or another, but supposedly there was some of his people were reaching out trying to get these people to recant their stories. Of, why did it, does Bird even know about him? Because of the process, and they got to, to know everything. Basically, it's, a, it's like a trial, the motions press, the, the, the hearings, preliminary hearings, et cetera. That it's, it is a free shot for the defense attorneys to find out everything you have, and that includes witnesses and the whole nine yards. Well, I mean, this dude, also guy, behind some powder, behind some cocaine, and this is not like he's a choir boy. Then he tries to stick McManus in on uh, uh, on it and get him the death penalty, right? And it's a death penalty case, y'all, in Louisiana. If the murder has aggravating circumstances, which is the murder occurs during an armed robbery or, you know, another good felony like that, well, this one's got it all. This has kidnapping because they took him uh, from Baton Rouge, and then they, uh, they bird executes him and steals his shit. So I mean, it's it, it is a first degree murder case all the way, and that's what they filed for. That's what they originally went for. Uh, but they that's not what they ended up pleading it down to, if you will. I think at a certain point, after all the stuff gets denied by um, Judge Howe, that the defense attorney is like, "Hey bird, uh, your shit, your bird's about to get fried like some Popeyes, right? I mean, your shit is done. If they want to go for the death penalty, they'll get it. Well, guess what, y'all? They weren't gonna go for the death penalty. I mean, the even though it has the aggravating circumstances and all that, the the defense would have been all about." Uh, the victim being a dope dealer and his long, long history of bad shit. And, and, but then I don't have to tell you all about it because it doesn't do any good to slander the dead. He still was murdered. Yes, he put himself in that situation by living that lifestyle, but nobody deserves to be executed. I mean, think about your last. Seconds on Earth, if if you're him, right? I mean, you know, he didn't ride to Jackson, Louisiana, to the sticks, but of his own accord. The I firmly believe that bird held the pistol on him. You know, he comes over to sell him some dope. He gets in, pulls the pistol on him, tells him to drive. Well, that's a long freaking ride. 45 minutes at least to where they're going. And guess what? It only gets darker when you go from Baton Rouge to Jackson, Louisiana. You might hit a couple of street lights. I'm going to tell you it's rural, it's rural. And when they crossed Highway 10 in Jackson, Louisiana, there, there may have been a couple of street lights. But can you imagine the victim begging for his life? Like, come on, man, just let me go. Take the dope, man. You know, take my truck, whatever. Let me go. Byrd didn't have it in him, all right, and and I think Byrd was like 19 years old or, or something. I, I, he was he was young, but he had already had the history. I mean, he he stuck life. It was on him. That's that's the way he had been, the way he was going to be. And in you know, my, my heart, goes goes out to the victim's family, even though he was in a high risk lifestyle. Nobody. I mean, I'd hate to think for one of my kids or. Uh, Someone I love that had to beg for their life for 45 minutes because you know that you, or maybe he was praying in the back of his mind that bird wasn't going to smoke him. And, but he did. And and to die in a pitch black spot like that, I mean, I don't know. So, but I mean, he shot him and and you know the rest of the story, right? So, uh, the, did not go to trial. I guess Bird at some point in time saw the writing on the wall. First of all, McManus gets released, and uh, he knows that that dog won't hunt, right? And then instead of going to trial for the death penalty, they start negotiations. And I think Joel Joel Oden told me that, um, that Bird took 60 years, 60 years. Now that's, I mean... You know, that's a far cry from the death penalty, right? But 60 years in the state of Louisiana, he would have to do, if he got out on parole. Now, in Louisiana, they have good time. So for every day that you behave, once you're inside, you can you get a day off of your sentence to be eligible for parole, right? So he would have been eligible for parole, uh, or he will be eligible for parole if he behaves, which I doubt that in what? That was 2001, 30, 2031, so another 10 years. So fuck you, bird, is what I have to say. And and so he's still doing his time in the Department of Corrections, and he'll be doing his time after Don Mackey and Joel Odom both aren't investigating anymore. And that, to me, is one that's a win for the good guys, never brings... The, vic- the victim back for the family, but it's a good win. And, you know, just another sad story, but unfortunately these cases happen all the time, and, you know, it is what it is. So, I mean, if you were, I guess if the, um, the victim was some rich white churchgoer or whatever, then maybe they got the death penalty, but I don't think anybody really cared, and they certainly... The uh, I not I'm not mean the prosecutor in the man Sam would, would have been the district attorney at the time. The, I know they care, but what I'm saying is they don't, the victim does not have a bunch of people that are voting in East and West Feliciana. They don't live, they, you know, they don't have uh, people that are going to raise hell about it. And you know, unfortunately, it's common on, on the streets like that, but you know, shit, 60 years is 60 years. That's that's if. He makes parole. That's if he's a good little boy in, I don't believe he is, he, he's inmate punk going in, and, you know, you lose good time. You get in trouble, you lose good time. So he'll probably be shitty. I'll, I'll probably be dead by the time he gets out or, or gets paroled. But anyway, he's a murder by you for him. So... It, it really tripped me out, y'all, that I, I came here, back here to, you know, uh, to East Feliciana, and we still have our, our, uh, our house down the island in, in Livingston. But when I was looking into all the um, the cold cases the murder cases and like talking to Joel, and Joel said, Shit, when he made detective, had like 35 unsolved homicides in East Feliciana Parish. And shit, yeah, this is just as rural as you get, and that's a lot. And it's not because of the law enforcement didn't want to solve it, but it's because of the. Uh, it's kind of like Livingston used to be on the east side back in the day. The people kind of took care of their own. You know what I mean? It's like the on the victims crew rolling up on Bird and them. Evidently, they beat the shit out of them. On um, you know two carloads of people where the the disturbance happened and in. And the cops had to be called. But it's just an unusually high amount. And, and I'm going to be doing some stuff with Joel Odom in the future on some of these cases, some of that I have direct uh, involvement with. And you know, with anyway, looking forward to those, Joel. I mean, a hell of an investigator, career investigator who's actually worked homicides and knows what the fuck he's talking about. So that's it. That concludes eye on you we just want to start season season seven with a little bit of back to the basics murder right so there you have it now podcast stuff jesus light let's see the i think sin actually made me a list of things if i could find it but local or, or should i should just say local the the Small businesses, if you want to advertise or or have me promote you through Real Life Real Crime, contact Cindy at C-Y-N-D-I at Real Life Real Crime. We have all the statistics and all the numbers, and we're doing it for these national companies every week. Uh, those of you who aren't Patreon members, you, you have to listen to the commercials, Right. And I just I am a believer of keeping it local and trying to helps expand and grow small businesses. It doesn't have to necessarily be local. Some of the ones I'm gonna be doing really aren't local. But so, y'all. Yeah, anyway, if you if you're interested, there's so many different levels we can do it on from from the podcast to personal appearances to whatever, and social media, and and the the sky's the limit. So. I think on our crew page, y'all, on, on Facebook, Real Life, Real Crime, friends, fans, and crew, we're like 32,000 members or more. Now, y'all go check it out. If you like true crime and you like Real Life, Real Crime, you have to ask to be a part of the group. Now, don't get butt hurt. They, it, they, they have rules and stuff, and they give you a warning about the group. And, and look, true crime fans, my life was... You got to be a little bit twisted, and so there's a lot, of, a little bit of twisted stuff that's that's posted in there, and that's okay because that's a safe place where people can go and not get judged. And, and we do a lot of posts and in, uh, in there, so y'all go check it out. And the we have the regular Real Life Real Crime page on on Facebook. We have Real Life Real Crime app page, which is a private group also, but you can get. Uh, admitted into that and post anything that you want that's not true crime related, whether you're selling stuff or uh, we got lifers that make all kinds of kick-ass stuff, and and they go in there and and they share with other people. But it's not just that. They do different videos and funny funny things and all that. So y'all check that out. But to either one of those groups, Dream Team Moderators. I don't give these people enough credit. They have been with us now forever. Uh, We have... Two from Australia, and one from from Canada. I think a couple from California, should we have them from all across. We have them Watson in Louisiana, and we have them from all over the the world, basically, and these are the people who will get you approved, and y'all you know who you are. I appreciate you, Cindy appreciate you, and we absolutely cannot ruin. 70 something thousand people on, on social media with, without the dream team moderators uh managing everything from day to day and they do the best job because everybody joins the groups so love them. So Instagram y'all I'm posting stuff on there all the time. Totally different than the crew page and all that. So you can go to at real life real crime or at Overton Woody and go check it out. I, I got some cool stuff on there and, and some of it's, Funny stuff and uh, uh, and what have you, but check it out. Give me a follow and uh, see if you like it. And, and uh, hey, crew members, that's for y'all too. It's it, everything I do on there is totally different than than what I do on Facebook. Um, the Twitter, I don't even know what it is, y'all. So I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you and tell you. I, I, mean, I know I have one, but I've never even I don't even know how to log into it. So I'm not, I'm gonna leave that one off the list. And the Okay, crew bash. All right, John Bell Everts finally sent us back in whatever phase, fifty percent occupancy, et cetera. I'm hoping that uh, at the end of this thirty days, they're going to open it up back more. Y'all, we are doing the crew bash at the Renaissance Hotel, and I am going. I'm probably going to do it next week. I'm going to go ahead. That'll be the middle of March. I'm going to go ahead and. Do a special drop about the crew bash. I'm going to have a guest on who is going to be the the band that's going to absolutely rock it. And probably most of y'all can figure it out already, but I want to I want to have him one star in his own right. That's going to play after I do a live podcast, and it's going to be an original, never before heard Woody Overton adult podcast for real life, real crime. And if you went to the last one. This one's going to be totally different. This one, we're going to have seated tables. Uh, yes, you. there will be tons of alcohol drink, and I'm going to do a live show, and then the band is going to play for however many hours after I do it, and I'll, I'll do all the autographs and that stuff again, like we did last time. But the difference on this one, y'all, it's going to be professionally managed. The sound... Is going to be phenomenal. Everybody will get to hear it. You will have. It's just going to be a notch up. We learned from our mistakes last year, and, and it's going to be better, new, and improved, and we're going to do a VIP event the night before, and I'm, I'm going to tell you all about that um, later on when I, when I do the, the drop about the crew bash. So it's coming. Louisiana and all you lifers out there. i got lifers messaging me. they can't wait for the crew bash. They're coming in from all over the United States. It's going to rock. It's going to be awesome. So it's coming. Y'all wait on the announcements next week. Peep and Tom, you know you're going to get first uh, picking the tables um, for your Patreon membership, and I appreciate that. And so anybody that's coming, hang in there. Then, as always, justice for Courtney Coco. And now I can say this because by the time you hear it, I will already be back. But I, my ass is going to Rapides Parish this week, and I'm going to be in court for a couple days. And it's unfortunately, it's not going to be on Courtney's case. I'm going to do some defense consulting, but I plan on hope, hoping to get to see um, Courtney's family when I'm there. But other than that, I wouldn't tell anybody because you know I'd be like a thief in the night. My ass hits the Rapides Parish line. Yeah, I'm incognito, right? I'm not driving my own vehicle or anything else. But, um, I do believe 90% of the cops up there are great, but all of a sudden they got some some uh, people that would love to catch me on a dark street. So, But anyway, um, Justice for Courtney, The they said that the, the grand juries are now back open, um, that Rapides has said that they're going to start their, their jury trials on April one. So we yeah, all, when the grand jury gets selected, they have to send out subpoenas. The people have to to come in, and they ultimately pick the people that will sit. And I think it's three three month terms, right? So in the, I'm just giving you a time frame. And so the grand jury has to get picked. And if they're going to present Courtney's case, then they'll do it whenever they they do it. So justice for Courtney. Do not give up the um also expecting something else national on Courtney this month, but I don't wanna tell you until it happens, but you gonna know when it happens. In justice for Courtney, prayers for her beautiful family, prayer for Miss Iana and and we love you and, and uh I love you. And hope you are doing well with the cancer treatment. Um and that y'all goes for everybody. And I hope everybody is is Healthy and happy, and cancer sucks, and in uh, COVID sucks, and so just I mean, everybody, you know, we have uh, all these countries across the world and fans listening, and, and I know everybody has uh, tragedies and stuff that happen in their life, and, and we pray for y'all. We're family. Uh, if you need something, contact me and we'll put a prayer, prayer list in. If you don't pray, that's fine too, I don't care, but the. We'll send you some positive thoughts, right, Barbara Blunt? Please, it's almost time. I get tired of saying it's almost time, and something happens and delays things back. But please continue to share her story. Please continue to call. And your tips, I can't tell you what what I know, all right? But I can tell you, you the difference is, you have dedicated law enforcement professionals and Sheriff Art and his guys. And they want this case solved. And guess what? Murder never goes away. Like you little bitches in Courtney's case, you know your time's up. Uh, and and you know I know you're listening and you know your time's up. And I know Miss Barbara's killer or killers are listening to me and your time is up. We're coming for you. When we get to turn this back loose, you should be very afraid. Period. And finally, as always, I'm going to end it with LOPA. Oh, one more thing. Calling your, uh, continue to send in your, your evidence stories. Man, I got a lot of huge response from Pad Tracks and still getting them the very successful one getting, uh, evidence stories that just horrible things that it didn't know about. So I don't want to work on that. But, I ended up with LOPA, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. Be a hero. Give the gift of life. um, Y'all, LOPA.org, you can go there and sign up. It takes uh, like a minute to sign up to be an organ donor. And, yes, you can sign up to be an organ donor if you're not from Louisiana. And let me look at my mouth. Let's see. The Philippines, uh, you listeners of Real Life, Real Crime in the Philippines, if you want to be an organ donor, go to Lopa.org and check the box, and y'all, there's a spot on there about Real Life, Real Crime. The, uh, it, they put us on on the page also, so if, if you want to tell them how you heard, heard about them. Yeah, hey, they don't make any money. They're doing it to save lives, and I'm certainly not making any money talking about them, but I believe in it. I believe it's a it's a hero-worthy thing. So Lopa.org, be an organ donor, save lives. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder. Bye, peace.
1: Oh, 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 oh